Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NBA playoffs. We talk about the NBA draft lottery. And we also talk about LeVar Ball. And we should be talking about Lonzo Ball. My co-host, Adrian Catwell, joins me right now. And that's on Guys Talking Sports. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. I'd like to thank everybody that's been subscribing to iTunes and on the Google Podcast. Really appreciate it. So without further ado, we're just going to get things going. Got my co-host with me, Adrian Catwell. So what's going on, man? Hey, how's everything? Everything's great, man. It's another, another day in paradise. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, fortunately, our, co- our other co-host, Earl, couldn't join us. Um, Earl Ross couldn't join us at this moment. But, you know, we're still doing our thing. It's still going strong. So let's get this started. Um, Adrian, man, I want to talk with you about what's going on in the NBA playoffs. Um, I know that we haven't talked about it last week. Um, I know you wasn't here, but you're here now. So I just want to get your take on any surprises or disappointments that you have all the way leading up to right now in the NBA playoffs. I guess right now my biggest disappointment or is uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, getting hurt, getting hurt in, uh, in, in game one or re-injuring his, uh, his ankle in game one and not unable to play in game two. You know, it's, uh, San Antonio was, was really giving him the business in game one uh, up by 25 points at one point. And Kawhi goes down and Golden State goes on a heck of a run ends up winning the game by two. And then game two, I think they blew him up by like 26 points. Uh, unfortunately, even if Kawhi comes back for game three, I don't see this going past five games just because unless Kawhi just has a Herculean type effort, um, I just don't think that uh, San Antonio has the firepower to match Golden State uh, blow for blow so uh i see this really going five it'd be really something if it went six but i only see it going five games yeah i i agree with that um but but i'll let you continue um any other surprises and stuff that you had um and then of course boston beating clee uh washington in the game seven of the uh, of the of the second round and then Beating them on on Monday, then on Tuesday getting the number the, the number one overall pick in the draft, and now uh, getting a dose of humble pie in Game One against Cleveland, where Cleveland's really putting a foot on the neck right now, just uh, really giving them the business. But it's still early in the season. I'm sorry, early in the series. So I mean, anything is possible. But I don't I don't see this going past five games. I think Boston will get one, um, but if LeBron and company has anything to say with this. I think they really want to get through them in four games, try to get as much rest as possible, hoping that San Antonio at least gives Golden State at least one game additional, two games additional, just kind of throw them off their schedule a little bit because it's going to be – it's coming down to a head-on collision between these two, and I think the, the championship is going to be epic. I think it's going seven games. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be a scenario where – one team, huh. I don't think it's going to be a scenario where one team is going to be more than one game up on the other. 
I don't think any team will win back-to-back games, in my personal opinion. Uh, they're both playing excellent ball. I think right now Cleveland's playing inspired ball. Um, and I think they just might have the right pieces to really kind of stack up against um, the Golden State. Uh, I, you know, Durant and uh, – and um, Curry is going to do them, but if you can, if you can control, uh, if you can control the other two, can't think of their names off the top of my head right now. Thompson and Green. Yeah, if you can control those two, don't let Green average that triple double or that quadruple double that he likes to get. You know, limit his points and limit his assists. You know, he can get points. You know, he can get boards, but if you limit those two other things and you don't allow. Um, Thompson to, to get hot and kind of kind of burn you. They stand a good chance to win that series. Now, it, with Cleveland, you know LeBron is going to get his. Kyrie is probably going to get his. But then that third person is always a crapshoot. It might be Kevin Love one day. It might be uh, it might be uh, Corver, Corver another day. It could be uh, Shumpert another day. You never know who that X factor, that third factor is going to be for uh, for Cleveland. So it's always interesting to see who that that third man is going to be for them. But um, it's going to be epic, and I'm looking forward to that. I'll be watching that whole series uh, faithfully <laughs> when it comes on TV. So that's my take. What you think? Nah, um, for the most part, I agree with you. Um, from the last conversation that we had on the podcast, um, I did have um, Washington beating Boston um, in the seven-game series. I thought it was going to go seven games. Mm-hmm. I thought that Washington had a great chance of winning. Uh, and just didn't factor in the KO factor of Kelly Olenek um, and his hot shooting um, to carry the Boston Celtics. I knew that Isaiah Thomas was going to get his, but I just didn't factor in Kelly Olenek at all. Um, and that's what Boston needed to get over that hump. So, um, I, like I said, I had Washington as my sleeper team, but unfortunately that's not the case. Um, so it's Boston and Cleveland. And I will say this, Boston is completely overmatched. Um mm-hmm. I would be surprised if they get two games, um, but I, I, I like you. I'm on your boat. I, if I don't see them getting really anything other than a game, um, I would. I, I mean, anything five games to me. If they win a game, I think that shows progress. Um, if they get swept, I don't think it was just a lateral move from that. It's just a lateral thing from last year. Um, I really do think that Boston just doesn't have the – they don't have the the, the, the the size to deal with Cleveland. And they may have the fight, but they don't have the size to deal with Cleveland. Um, so I, I'll be very interested to see how this, how many games this go, but I would not be surprised if it's either a sweep or five games tops. Now, with Golden State in San Antonio – I really believe that San Antonio, if Kawhi Leonard was there, that would be more of, a, of an impressive series. Um, unfortunately, Kawhi got hurt. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that play that Sasha Pachulia did, I don't think it was a dirty play at all. I don't understand why media is saying that it was, or some of the media is saying that it was a dirty play. I think it was awkward, um, but it happens. Like, it could happen to anybody except, I mean, in that airspace. So um, it's unfortunate. Um, and I can understand, you know, the people saying who we, who's a dirty player, if he's a dirty player. I mean, it's funny, but 
I just didn't see that being more of a of a just a coincidence at this point. Not saying that because I'm a, a San Antonio or a Golden State fan, but not by the not by the longest. Not I, I'm not none of them. But um, I will say that San Antonio definitely had Golden State on the ropes, um, at least in the first game. And if anything, what that did, I mean. As crazy as it sounds, it kind of helped Golden State to say that you can't take any game lightly. If you're going to be focused on getting to where your destination is, and that's the finals, you have to play every game like it's the last of game seven. And you have to come down starting. And they did that in game two, of course. They started out the game red hot and just blew past them in game two. Um, but Kawhi is going to be back. So I'm interested to see eventually when Kawhi does come back and fully healthy how San Antonio is going to handle Golden State and if Golden State can stop San Antonio. Now, if I will say this, if Golden State sweeps San Antonio um, with Kawhi in the play, I mean, in playing and fully healthy, if they able to continue and sweep San Antonio, then I would definitely give them more of an edge over the, the Cavs um, because it shows that where their mental state is at this point. Um, I really believe that the X factor, like you said, of course, Curry and Durant is going to – Durant has a chip on his shoulder, so that's going to be dangerous in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe that Green is going to be green. As long as he can keep his attitudes in check, he should be fine. Like, he sh- I will say this. I Hopefully he learned his lesson from last season in the finals because anything that he does at this point where it – get some suspended or, you know, because of his technical fouls or ejections, that's all that's going to do is hurt his team. And the first last year, that's one thing. If he does it this year and for whatever reason and it costs him a game or he's suspended a game, I'm sorry, but they need to do something to to, – they need to handle that, like, really. Like, because Draymond Green is too important. He's the X factor on his team. And I also think that – I give Golden State over the edge over Cleveland regardless because they have JaVel McGee and they have an interior presence to block shots. Now, I'm not saying that JaVel McGee is going to be putting up all-star numbers, but it's that defensive presence that Cleveland had when they won with Timothy Mozgov in there as well. So I think Timothy Mozgov is going to be that missing piece that Cleveland may um, – may, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? May – May have should have just kept, um, but of course he went away in free agency. But I think that Cleveland and Golden State is a, is the only series that everybody's looking at. So, well, I mean, but that was the whole point of uh, Cleveland picking up that dude that was on Golden State, but he got hurt in the first game playing with Cleveland. Um, what was that? Nah, nah, no, Eric, no, not Nah, Um I think he's Australian. Um, yeah, but he broke his foot in the first game he played with. Uh, that was supposed to be that interior presence uh, to gear them up uh, to meet them, Golden State when they uh, when they make it to the championship. Now, yeah, and to be honest, that, that I mean, if if that happens, I would have expected them to go after somebody else with a similar size and strength and presence there. Um, there was a couple of still options. There was a couple more options still out there other than Bogut, but. I thought it was puzzling that they got Darren Williams instead. Um, even though that they did need another point guard, but I think that they're going to 
I think that not having that interior presence there is going to be the X factor in the finals. I, that's just something I, I believe. I'm curious, though. I mean, is Bogut done done? Like, he can't play anymore? Was the break that severe? I mean, it, he, he broke his foot about two, three months ago. Yeah, but the, I think the surgery and the rehabilitation was like, I, mean, I think it takes like six months. No, okay. I have to factor that in, but and even if that was the case, they had to sign somebody before the playoffs even started. So, true, 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 true. But I mean, it's going to be interesting to say the least, especially when uh, Cleveland decides to go small um, and run when they probably have D. Will and. Uh, and LeBron, I don't know if D. Will and LeBron play the same. D. Will and uh, and Kyrie typically play together. Um, but then, who's going to play that that middle spot? And it's typically uh, not Love because Love typically isn't on the floor when they're playing either. Uh, they got Tristan. Thompson. Yeah, Tristan yeah. Thompson. And I think that's when um, what's his name? Not Shumpert, but uh, Jr. Yeah, I think Jr. runs with that squad. I mean, it's interesting. I, you know, Tyron Lou, you know, he he definitely has uh, lots of different toys to play with. So it's going to be interesting how they match up, especially yeah. once they're, uh, you know, once they start going past their starting five and how they're going to match up on the court. So that's going to be interesting. I personally, I like to see. I don't see again Boston getting one game. I see going five. Lucky to go five. I think I think Cleveland is just ready to just knock them out and just say, look, everything that happened with you guys in the regular season was just because we just weren't playing hard. We knew we were better better than you guys. We weren't focused, but now we're 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 razor sharp, razor, laser focused, and we're just ready to annihilate the Eastern Conference, which they've done with relative ease. I mean, they had some issues with um with uh with Indiana. Indiana played them tough. So I mean, anybody who just says they ran run shop through uh, through the East is crazy. And anybody that's sitting there saying that Indiana is just garbage or they're a seventh seed that didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, that's just ridiculous because they played with a lot of heart and they played like they were very much deserving to be that seventh seed. So yeah. um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm ready. I I, I think. I think this time next week, or next next weekend, going into into the weekend, uh, we'll know who when the finals will be starting, and that's going to be popcorn every other night, just ready for uh, ready to see how it plays out. No, I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> I think everybody's waiting for this. Um, but I, like I said last week in the podcast, um, I'm, I hope this is the final um, chapter of this. Um, because me as a person, me as an NBA fan, you know, after a while you get bored um, with the same teams over and over again. But, but I mean, what, were people in the 80s bored of the Lakers Celtics? Well, I, I won't say that. I would say me as a as a fan, I would get bored. I'm not going to say everybody, but I'm going to say me, speaking as of me, I would get bored. I, I don't like to see the same teams over and over again. I like to see some uh, – I always – I mean, me personally, I like to see other teams compete. I, I just like the balance of it. Uh, I just don't like it when it's dominated by, like, two or three teams all the time. There's no fun in that. Agree, agree. So.
Um, but um, while we are on the subject, because I know um, Cleveland right now is beating Boston um, easily. <laughs> uh, one bright spot for Boston is, is that they did get the number one draft pick for right. the 2017 draft. Um, thanks to courtesy to Billy King. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. My Brooklyn Nets pick. Um, <laughs> I'm still upset with that pick because I thought that was the I, I thought that was just the dumbest trade. As much as I love KG and Paul Pierce at the time, just to give up those two picks was just. I'm, I mean, because not only does Boston have the two, this year's pick, they have um, Brooklyn's next year's pick as well. Um, they control that as well. So, regardless of the fact, I'm 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 upset all around. But Boston did get the number one pick. Um, so looks like the way things played out, Boston got the number one, Lakers got number two, and I believe Phoenix got the number three pick. Uh, so let me get your thoughts on what what are you looking for towards? I mean, at least what's going? I mean, what your thoughts about the draft lottery selection? Mm. Uh, from my understanding, Boston is probably going to go after a point guard. I forget the guard. I think he's Markel Fultz. From Oregon or Arizona or somewhere? I'm Washington. Washington, right? Yep. Now, I mean, that'll be an interesting pick because then they'll put him and Isaiah Thomas in the backcourt, but I mean, Avery Bradley ain't bad. I mean, but I mean, Boston already has a stockpile of picks. I think they have three first-round picks at that. Um, if I read that correctly. Um, no, no, not this year. Not this year, mm-hmm. but they definitely have two this year. Two first-round uh, picks, for what I no. read. No, no, they no. just have the number one overall. They have the number one um, pick, and I believe they have um, the second-round pick. Of this year, I could double check right now while you talk. Yeah, um, I mean, it seems crazy because Boston already has a whole bunch of pieces that they really don't necessarily need. They're kind of like Philly in a sense, where Philly has a lot of bigs, and they don't need all those bigs, and and Boston has a lot of guards and forwards, and I, I, things just don't seem to add up. So it just seems kind of weird that they would go after another point guard. But, I mean, they're going to go after what they believe is to really bolster their, their backcourt to, to really put Isaiah Thomas in a situation where he could play, play the shooting guard. But I, he's just so small. Like, not that he can't create his own shot because he does, and he does it very well. It's just, uh, it's just an odd predicament for Boston. Um, then, of course, the number two pick with uh, Lorenzo Ball. I think that's his name. The Bar Ball. One of two. One of the Ball Boy. <laughs> going, hopefully, going to the Lakers. And that's going to be 15 or so many years of just hearing that dude's father on TV and all this other stuff for, for years and years to come. I guess you might as well just get used to it. <laughs> and then, uh, this is interesting. I was looking at the, the draft order, just looking at all the players that are coming out, and a lot of the top players are just freshmen. And to me, even though these freshmen are dynamic freshmen, it just seems as though they 
these teams think that they're going to just automatically come in there and be that, that, that game changer, that difference for these teams. And I just don't see how somebody who's 18, you know, unless you're a phenom, unless you're a KG, unless you're a Moses Malone, unless you're a LeBron James, uh, the chosen few who've come out at the 17, 18 years of age and this was as dominant as expected. You know, I don't know. I don't know how. To me, they seem like they seem all like projects. So, I mean, Boston is putting their hopes on this kid from Washington to be that 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 point guard that they take and be overall, overall number one pick and help to propel them to the next level. And I'm just like. I don't see it. I don't see how a rookie, a point guard at that, is going to do that. I've not seen any, any of the Kentucky, any of the North Carolina guards that ever have come in from jump, at least that I can remember, and made that sort of impact. So I don't, I, I don't, I don't see how any of these jumpers, are going to, you know, have some sort of crazy impact on any of these teams. Um, so. I don't even think a, an upperclassman is taken to somewhere into the mid to late first round on a projected projected uh, draft. So it's crazy, you know. So the NBA is just a crapshoot, you know. They claim like the first ten picks are probably your best picks ever, and then everything else is just you're lucky if you hit. It's just a straight up crapshoot. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just hard to describe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think that what they are doing, the reason why I'm thinking that they're picking Marco Folk is because, um, well, number one, I think he is one of the, he's the best player available. Um, that's why he's at the top of the um, draft. Um, and the reason why I'm thinking that they're doing this is because I don't think that they're going to be doing any, I don't think that they're going to be keeping Marcus Smart, either Marcus Smart or Avery Bradley, um, one of the two, um, because uh, they're going to demand so much money now. Um, and they can easily bring in Markel Folk to replace Smart, for example, um, if he goes out in the free agency and um, goes to another team. So I think that they're, they're just replenishing what they may lose at this point. Um, but Markel Folk is definitely the best player in the draft. Um, I definitely have him as ranked as number one in the draft. So I think he should definitely go to Boston. Um, they'll figure it out with him and Isaiah Thomas. Um, so I think that that'll be the best route for them to go. Of course, with the Lakers, you know, it's already written in stone, so to speak, about who they pick in. Um, I don't want to go there right now with Lonzo Ball at this point. But um, with Philadelphia, Phoenix, Boston does have the top of the first-round pick. Um, they also have the two second-round picks. Oh, two second rounds, okay. Yeah, so they do have three all together this year. Um, but it's um, the first one, of course, and then the, there's two second round picks of this year. Right, right. I mean, like I said, it's I, – I, who was the number one pick last year? <laughs> I should know this. Who was they the asked me one? one of them kids from Kentucky, I'm assuming. Um, Wait, who was the number one team last year? Oh my goodness! Uh, who who was winning? Who was winning Rookie of the Year? Um, well, it could have been Joel. It was. Now nah, you gotta make me check. 
I do not know. Hold on. I mean, I'll find out right now. And, and me saying that is exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, like, I guess unlike football, definitely not baseball. I mean, it's very rare that a baseball, the number one overall pick is going to come in and just wreck shop automatically when they first come into the pros. But, I mean, because they still take time in the, in the farm leagues and the A-balls uh, before they come up to the big league. Ah, no wonder I, I didn't know who it was because he hasn't played. <laughs> this oh, season. the kid, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's why I didn't. Because I'm like, how can I not know who this who the person is? Man, right. I forgot that he didn't play this season. So. He's with New Orleans, right? Um, No, he's in Philly. Oh, Ben Simmons is in Philly too, right? Damn, yeah. They, they are stacked, boy. I tell you, if they ever get the, they get the stuff together. Yeah, all they, to be honest, all they really need is Joel to be um, um, healthy. If Joel is healthy, then by all means, they should make the playoffs. With him, Ben Simmons, and um, whoever they get with the number – with the pick that they caught this year. I think that's number three. Um, so, right. they should be stacked, like you said. Well, that would be interesting. I mean – and who was the number one pick before that? I mean, it's just – that that, that cat was, was I think Cat was the um, number one pick before that. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, yeah, but it took it, but it was only until his second year that he started to blossom and really become the player that he is now because he was able yeah. to sit and, and have that year with KG. Yeah, really yeah, it was Cat. Him. Right, 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 right. Scott away. <laughs> right. So I mean, it's it's you know. I know it's crazy. I. I wish the NBA could adopt a rule where you have to spend at least three years of college because hmm. yeah. the, the college game will be a lot better. Now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with the college game, but the college game will be a lot better when you have more, more schools that have more sophomores, juniors, and seniors on their teams leading them. That's why these mid-majors are, are, are so nice now. Mid-majors can be nice because the top programs only have one and done you know, that's why the Wichita States and that's why the the Gonzagas of the Worlds and all these other teams can have these players because these jokers stay in three and four years. But, hey, if they want to do that, by all means, they need to start playing, paying these players. That's really what's going to end up going down that road because these one-and-done players is like, why do I have to continue my education at this point when I could get paid doing what I love professionally and still get the education I need during the summer. Okay. So, well, then if that's the case, then they could do what some of these other jokers are doing, going overseas and playing. And then come back after a year or two. That know? is true. So that there's nobody true. stopping them from going playing ball overseas. That is true. You know, they, you, can still, you definitely do the Brandon Jennings rule. <laughs> right. And you, can, and you can still make a pretty penny. I mean, you ain't making millions, but you make hundreds of thousands. At 18 years old, you you ain't broke. <laughs> that know, is true. And and them and and doing that overseas, they're allowing them to do it. They're not signing them to the crazy contracts because they know they're just going over there to hone their skills. But the thing, come but, back. but the thing is that they're still getting that free education over here. So even I mean, because the teams is going to offer them a scholarship anyway to play for their school. So they're getting a free education, um, which starts, jumpstarts their career so that, because let's be honest, like NBA teams is not going to look at them overseas. They're going to look at how they do in, in the NCAA. That's how they get their scouting reports. That's how scouts come to their games. So 
they're, I mean, the best chance for them, to be honest, would be to stay here. If it's, even if it is a, a sacrifice of, of playing professional overseas. And for them to make it to the NBA and for teams to look at them, they're going to look at what they've done in the NCAA with the schools that they play. Yeah, true. I guess it's a tomato-tomato sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if, if, if you're nice, they're going to find you. That is true, too. <laughs> they will go that. out there and they will find you. you know, that is true. In Spain, you're in Russia, wherever you play, they'll find you. So, it's, you know, they got scouts scouring all the over international international games as well, looking for players. So they know. Plus, plus, I mean, the NBA they, in these colleges, they know who's nice coming out of high school. They know what they're doing once they go to college. So if that number one high school recruit, you know, decides that I don't want to be bound to the college for two to three years before I can go pro, I'm going to go ahead and sign in this team in France. I mean, the NBA already knows. So the NBA already got their eye on them. And then the, the French team already knows that this is their intention because the agent is telling them this is what their intention is. Okay, we'll sign you to a one-year, a two-year deal with an opt-out after a year. And then they'll come back and then they're no different than playing um, one year in college. But the thing about it to me is, um, it just to me, it just seems like you get your one year of college, which is great. I mean, you kind of hone in on your craft, even though you are playing AAU ball and you're playing ball all year round nowadays. But if they want to make that jump to the NC, um, to the NBA, at least when you're playing overseas, you're playing against those individuals who typically play for their national teams in their country. So you're playing against grown men, and you'll have a better opportunity. You'll understand the game a little bit better when you're now playing in the NBA because now you're not playing against that that one tenth of one percent that actually makes it to the NBA out of college, you know. So that's the way I look at it. I'm like, if you're nice, what difference does it make you spend three years in college? I mean, are you is your biggest thing is concerning injury? Then if you're that nice, then do what the uh, the college players in, in, um, in, in, that play college football do. They take out that insurance policy their last year of college, saying that if for whatever reason they get hurt and it destroys their uh, their draft stock, they get paid X amount of money, X amount of million dollars, you know, that they would have lost because they knew they were number around um, a first round draft pick, like um, in the draft with Jake Butt, the tight end from uh, from Michigan. He was a first round talent tight end, but he got hurt in um, in the bowl game that Michigan played in. And his draft, I think he slipped to the fourth or the fifth round. If he had stayed healthy, he would have been a first-round pick. But he had an insurance policy taken out saying that if he gets hurt, you know, whatever monies he would have lost based off of his projected, where he was supposed to be projected in the draft versus where he got picked, he would collect those uh, He would collect those earnings. So I think he, he, he got an insurance policy of like 3 or $4 million dollars. So I'm not saying I'm not saying it will be that you know that lavish in NBA terms because their rookie deal is next to nothing. But at least they will make some sort of money if they're concerned about injury or if they're concerned about them not being able to make it to the next level. Okay, I have a question. So that's the insurance policy for college football players. I guess right. I gotta find out because I don't know if it's the same thing for um basketball. I mean um for college basketball players as well. Is it? I've not heard anybody in college basketball doing that, but I'm just saying if you were considered to be a top player and this, let's say the NCAA changed their rules and saying doing one and done, you have to do three years. 
and they go through their first two years and they're killing it. They're ripping at me. They're, they're, whip, they're ripping through the NCAA, leading their team deep into the tournament. They may not win, but he is clearly the best player coming out in that year's draft. If he took out insurance policy and hurt himself, I don't see why he shouldn't be able to be afforded that same luxury that he would have been afforded if he'd have stayed healthy. Now, mind you, because it's um, it's only two rounds. I think it's only two rounds in the NBA. Um, he that individual probably won't get selected, but they'll still pick him up as a you know a, uh, undrafted free agent to bring him in. You know, just based off of uh, the body of work had prior. But if that meant he would have signed a a five a four year eight million dollar, I think they only do three years in. So if they would have signed a three-year, $8 million contract, which would have paid him $2.5 or $2.75 per year, he probably could have got a, uh, an insurance policy that would have paid him $3 million if he got Because at least he would have made his first year's earnings if he doesn't, you know, if he ends up playing in the NBA. And if he doesn't make out, he has a $3 million policy. So, I mean, he's not going to amass the hundred millions of dollars that he hopes he would have earned playing. But at least he would have had some sort of money on a little nest egg and will carry him through for whatever he decides to do later on in life. And I know that's why they do it in college football because, you know, the, the, the odds of getting drafted are a lot greater in, uh, in college, you know, coming out of college football going into the pros than it is in the, in the NBA. So. But I'm looking at the, the points per game that some of these kids are playing, you know, coming out with coming out, uh, going into the draft. I, I only looked, you know, I scanned through it, but I didn't even see anybody who was averaging 20 points a game. A lot of these jokers are averaging anywhere between 20, 10 and 16 points a game in college. But you remember back in the day, these you had jokers that were dropping 20 and 30 a game because they were the best player on their team and in the country. I Maybe, I don't know, maybe the game has changed it. You know, the, you just don't have dominant players like that in NCAA basketball. I don't know. No. <laughs> no, you don't have that. Um, actually, Markel Folk, I think, is averaging over was averaging over twenty um, points per game in college. Uh, I think he was probably one of the few team. I mean, players that was doing it in the um, in uh, NCAA. Exactly. Um, but like, I hear what you're saying. I, I to be honest, I I have to see if they do that for college basketball players as well. Because if they do, then I I, I agree with that um, concept. So, yeah, because um, then, then it makes college game a little bit better. I mean, they can hone on their skills. They be, a big man can, can learn to be a big man for once. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, but the way the NBA is is playing right now, it's not going back to that style anymore. Um, where big man post up, it's unfortunate because um, you you miss that art. And right now, it's it's adapting to that whole three ball line where um, you have everybody shooting threes, you know. Right. So centers, power forwards, you name it, they have to be well versatile and um, on the offensive side now. So. Which, is, which is crazy because, uh, you know, and I think part of it, that I think that has something to do with uh, San Antonio game one. If they had a, a, somebody in the post, a presence down, down low, that could have, they could have worked down on the post and in the box to kind of open things up a little bit more, then they wouldn't have to sit there and try to find a shot or try to create a shot 
But you know what? And it's funny that you mentioned that because LaMarcus Aldridge was playing that type of basketball during the time. Like, he was doing that. He was down in the post. He was posting up. Um, he was posting the rent. Like, they had Golden State on the ropes when this was going down. When Kawhi was in the game, they had – I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge was posting. And game two, he didn't do none of that. And I think that's one of the reasons why um, Popovich was so was upset. Tell him he has to step his game up because he wasn't doing none of that when he was in game two. And what made it so bad because he was effective when he was posting up down low. Like I, he would have, he would, he was definitely giving them fits down there. And and, and then on bigger than that, then you're 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 creating fouls on 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 uh, on Green on Durant those who don't typically get a lot of fouls, but now because they have to defend you, now they got to go deeper on their bench to pull out guys to defend you, which pulls out somebody who probably be more effective for them on their front court. So, I mean, that's the thing that I really kind of miss for the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. back in our heyday, you know, they had dominant fives out there who you fed the ball down low. And then, you know, when the double came, they, put, they, they passed it back out. Then you... You know, you, you you kick it out, you drive, or you take the jump shot, and you do whatever. That's the type of ball I miss. Now, don't make me wrong. This type of ball now is very, very exciting and very, uh, very nice to watch. But you know, it's I don't know. Maybe maybe a tweak to the college rule. Maybe bigs will become bigs again. Threes and fours will learn how to become could be more dominant post up type players, but still be able to, you know, take their 15, 17 footers. And do whatever, and then they guards be guards. Hey, as long as they got the AAU, that is not going to happen. And I, I'm gonna leave it at that. As long as you have the AAU and how they have the concept of everybody shooting the three, it's not going to happen. Um, right. And you know that's just it's, it's the it's the it's the changing of the guard now. So you know um, down the road that'll probably change as well. Um, but I just looked at the score and it looked like Cleveland is beating Boston 61 to 39. Now, yeah, yeah, I was just looking at it on my phone too. It's oh, so it is 6139? Yeah. Yo, I, I figured it, and this is why I said about this. I said all they had to do, all Cleveland really had to do is have LeBron stick Isaiah Thomas, and that's a wrap. And from what I've been seeing, <laughs> that's all he's been doing was guarding Isaiah Thomas. Because so, Isaiah ain't gonna be able to. He can't. He pretty much got a seven, seven, three, seven, four wingspan. I mean, and he he's a lockdown defender when he wants to play lockdown defense. I mean, and that's and that's why I wanted Washington to win the series because I just thought that they would have gave them a better, a better shot. Because um, oh, yeah. I I I I really unless Kelly Olynyk or whoever goes hot again, I just don't see them coming out of this. I I really don't. So, but let's leave it here, there. Um, let's continue on. Uh, while we're on the subject of draft lotteries, of course, Los Angeles Lakers uh, have the number two pick. Uh, and from all indications, everybody already saying that that pick is going to be easily um, be selected for Lonzo Ball uh, mm-hmm. from UCLA. Uh, so he, from what I'm hearing, Lonzo Ball is now going to be canceling um, 
meetings with the team. They're going to cancel a lot of team meetings with everybody else. He's just going to practice and talk with only the Lakers. Um, uh, I figure that Magic Johnson is 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 going to probably easily take Lonzo Ball on this. Um, I, I I do want to talk about this issue that went on though today um, in regards to his father, LeVar Ball. And um, I was really going to save this rant for a little bit later. Um, but LeVar Ball ended up going to um, the Colin Cowherd show and completely dismissed um, Christy Lee um, when she wanted to ask a question, um, I guess about the price of the shoes. And completely ignored her, not even looking her direction while he was talking to Colin Cowherd. Now, I got a big issue with this. Um, and I was going to say this, but I'm, I might as well just get right into it. LeVar Ball, and I'm going to say this to you. Uh, to be honest, I'm going to say this to the media, number one. Y'all need to stop bringing this guy aboard. He is not the guy that's being drafted. I don't know why you keep bringing this aboard. And I'm talking to the media that's out there. I'm talking to ESPN. I'm talking to First Take. That goes for you too, Stephen A. Smith. That goes for you too, Colin Cowherd. That goes for anybody that keeps bringing him aboard. If Lonzo Ball is not being interviewed, I don't want to see LeVar Ball, period. He shouldn't even be there to begin with. Your whole focus should be on Lonzo Ball. I don't care nothing about the big baller brand because, to be honest, he is not the one that's playing ball to begin with. So I'm going to say this right now as my rant. You need to stop bringing in LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball does not play basketball. He is not in the NBA. Lonzo Ball is the player that you should be talking to. Lonzo Ball should be the player that you should be asking what draft pick he wants, what team he needs to go on, not LeVar Ball. And to be honest, I'm getting sick and tired of hearing LeVar Ball, LeVar Ball on media. LeVar, it doesn't matter. LeVar Ball is irrelevant. He should be irrelevant. Your focus should be on Lonzo Ball. There should be no reason why LeVar Ball should be out there. By any name, he has no right to be disrespecting one of the people that's out there that's trying to get an interview for him. And to be honest, this goes for you too, Colin Cowherd. For you to not acknowledge that and stop that in the midst of what was going on between LeVar and Christie, that's an issue in itself. There should be no reason why you guys are entering LeVar, interviewing LeVar Ball. This should be about Lonzo Ball. And to be honest, media people get tired of this. I'm going to be honest with you. I really hope the Lakers don't choose Lonzo Ball. Set the president straight. Because this is, I mean, don't get me wrong. Lonzo Ball is a great player. Lonzo Ball should be the focal point. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said it himself. He, I, this should not be about LeVar, period. This should be about how good Lonzo Ball is as a player and how he should be fitting on anybody's team. LeVar Ball should be irrelevant. And to be honest, I get tired of media keep bringing him along. If you can't have Lonzo Ball by himself, then you should not be interviewing any ball, period. Lonzo Ball should be your focal point media. LeVar Ball should not be a part. I'm getting tired of seeing LeVar Ball coming in interviewing for what? He has nothing to say for me that's irrelevant in the NBA, period. If you want to talk with him, talk with him privately. Don't bring him aboard part of the, of the show because now he is becoming the show. He is becoming everything that Lonzo Ball should be the focal point of. 
It's a problem. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that's upset about this because people are getting tired of hearing about LaVar. It should be about Lonzo. And I'm willing to say this. I don't mind calling you out if you keep bringing in LaVar Ball. I don't want to see LaVar Ball. I want to hear about Lonzo Ball. I want to see what Lonzo has to say about this. And to be honest with you, I respect Lonzo because he understands that that's his father. But to be honest, I don't get, I don't respect the media that keeps bringing him on. This is not about entertainment. This is not about entertainment at all. This is about real basketball players that need to be showcased and be the focal point of your interviews. So I'm saying this to ESPN. I don't mind calling you out. Saying this to ESPN. I'm saying this to Spot Sports. I'm saying this to any media out there that's out there listening that want to hear about LeVar Ball. Y'all need to cut it out because it is not that serious. Lonzo Ball should be your focal point. That's all I have to say about that. Agreed. I mean, every time you go on, you know, every time there's something about uh, Lorenzo, let's name Lorenzo. I don't even know. I, I, he's Lonzo. Sorry, Lonzo Ball. No, no, Lonzo Ball. Lavar is the one that's playing ball. So who's the dad? Lavar. Lavar is the one that play is the father. Lonzo okay. is the one that plays that's in the drive. All these L's keep me confused. Um, so hold up, say that one. Lonzo is the father. I just want to make sure I'm saying this right. Oh, LeVar is the father. Okay. Yes. So LeVar going out here and uh, spewing all this crap, you know, and trying to be the that dude, you know, that's best representing his brand and best representing his son and trying to take this thing to a whole new level. And then you got some individuals out there who are definitely going to go out there and support big baller brand or whatever and buy these $500 sneakers. And these three hundred dollar flip flops, uh, whatever these things are, whatever, which is just ridiculous to me. But I don't care how much of a big ball I am. I, I I can't I can't see myself dropping five for sneakers. I hate when I drop two for sneakers. But you know that's what they hit over there. <laughs> and when they no, two, but it's funny because you got five thousand units sold already. Right, exactly, and that's two point five million. You know what I'm saying? So. And, I mean, you out here getting all these interviews. You got to be mindful and you got to be respectful for those who are interviewing you. And you can't just dismiss, um, you just can't dismiss if a, if a young woman or a woman is interviewing you asking you about the price of your sneakers and you're gonna turn around, I don't care about you, this is not a woman, this is not for a woman. Dude, are you, are you stupid? You know, a lot of these sports apparel companies, Nike and, and uh, Adidas Under Armour, when they were just strictly geared towards the men, even in look, look, let's, let's start with the NFL. The NFL ain't stupid. The NFL was just strictly jerseys or whatever and all doing all these things towards the men, but then they realized, man, we got a large female consistency, contingency that, that follows football, that loves football, so what do they do? Now they make jerseys that are cut strict specifically for women. Now they got all this apparel specifically for women. Now you want to sit there and have, hold this interview and you want to make yourself look like a jackass on national TV and you're ignoring a woman. Well, sir, if you had a woman, a mother, 
who is willing to sacrifice $500 because her child wants to be like your son and wear your $500 sneakers? Dude, that woman is no big baller, but that woman was willing to script and save to do what she need to do to get her child those sneakers because she wants to emulate your son. You ain't getting that money now. And I guess, you know, to him, he don't care because she's not a big baller, you know, or that woman isn't a big baller, but there are a lot of women out there that are balling, big time balling, and like to stay up on trends and like to stay up on fashion. And their sneaker game is just as strong as some dudes out there. And they might have found your shoe to be somewhat attractive. They might have wanted a pair. I doubt they want a pair now. So you might have had 7,500 units So after this interview. Well, now you might only have 5,010 units sold because you done turned, just turned a lot of women off from ever wanting to support you and your brand. So, I mean, I hope he has a long sit down with if he's going to be the, 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 the head man of this, the CEO or this multi-billion dollar thing that he's trying to do, well, I hope he has some smart lawyers or some smart people in this corner that really sits down and tells him, like, dude, I don't know what the heck he was doing out there, but you just alienated a whole population of people that might have been willing to support you. And now because of your ignorance and your big-headedness, you just shut yourself off from – a huge majority of people that were willing to support you now, they probably won't ever support you. You know, no matter how much you might sit back and, and try to retract, oh, well, that's not what I meant to say, blah, 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 blah. Because done is done, you know. So I hope I hope he looked at this as a learning lesson. I hope Colin Carter gave his his guest, uh, Christy, I believe her name is, uh, a heartfelt apology for not stepping in and trying to do more to try to address the situation and you know make it look like he wasn't trying to not defend her. Um, but I don't know, he got to do better, he, he just has to do better. No, 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 he doesn't have to do better, he needs to not say nothing else. <laughs> That's really what it boils down to. He does not need to do anything else. He doesn't need to do nothing. He needs to just lay low. Like seriously, if you want to act, the first rule of business is not to, you know, not to ostracize or to criticize about the people that's going to make you money. He already did that, and the product hasn't even been out for a month yet. What right. kind of businessman would make that type of? Okay, look, Lavar Ball needs to just lay low. He really needs to lay low. He needs to be private about it. But he, he but he ain't gonna do that. And that's uh, it's it's it's, it's, honest, it's narcissistic, really, what it is. Because if you get to that point where you just can't stop, and you're you know, he is he doesn't realize how much is jeopardizing. You know how much stock Lonzo Ball could have been at this point if he just kept his mouth shut and just did business as a businessman, mm-hmm. like. If if he didn't say anything, you wouldn't hear people talking about LeVar Ball all the time. You would just talk about how good Lonzo Ball is. They'd be talking about, you know, he deserves a number two pick. Yo, there's people talking about there's a lot of executives that are cautious about picking Lonzo Ball because of the drama that his father brings with him. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. There's only certain, there's only certain media markets that are going to sit there and want to deal with that. And those media markets are probably L.A. and New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, I will say this. I, I mean, Lonzo Ball, 
if he goes, I mean, because I know that if if he goes to the number, if he goes to the Lakers, of course, Magic Johnson already says he's going to clean house with a lot of the people that he has on his roster. So um, it'll be very interesting to see where the people that's, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with D'Angelo Russell or Jordan Clarkson uh, once they pick Lonzo Ball, because obviously they're not going to be too thrilled with the fact that he's getting all the attention and, you know, they just, especially D'Angelo Russell, he was like the second pick in the draft. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him more though than anybody. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But like I said, Callan Cowherd, if you didn't, um, I, if you didn't apologize to Christine, you should. That's how I see it. Um, and to be honest, I, I, I'm saying this to everybody. Y'all really need to cut bringing in Lavar Ball. If it's because y'all need entertainment value, then you're losing a lot of people that's really fans of the NBA and want to hear more about Lonzo Ball and what he can bring to a team other than listening to his father talk about what is going on in his brand. His brand to me is irrelevant. Lonzo Ball's play to me is more relevant as an NBA fan than an entertainment perspective. That's how I feel. I, I I just don't know how his son can sit there, uh, and I I just know if my dad were out there saying all this crap, man, I would be so embarrassed. You know, I'm like, like I don't know if I want to be apologetic to my, you know, to, to folks like, but I, I'm curious to kind of know how he's going to be received in the locker room once he makes it to the locker room. You know, players might look at him and say, yo, your dad is kind of smart, you know, trying to build a multi-billion dollar brand based off of you and not work through a Nike, not working through Adidas or whatever, which, okay. But eventually, you're going to take this and one of those people are going to come to you and say, you know what, this is a basic shoe concept. This is all right, but I could do this and make this thing 10 times better. I can make it sell 100 million more units than what you're selling. You're 5,000. I can make it sell 500,000. And you're going to sit there and tell me he would jump up on that? Well, if I could quote my dad, my dad routinely said this to me as a kid, and I never really quite understood it until I got older and it makes perfect sense now. But he said, and I quote, if ignorance were bliss, we'd all be holy. And that's where he kind of falls into place. <laughs> uh, I, no, I hear what you're saying. I just don't, I mean, if he hasn't said anything now to his dad, he is not going to say anything in the future. I just don't believe that he will do anything right now to jeopardize his relationship with his father. He feels as though his father is going to let him do the business, handle the business side of things while he focuses on the basketball aspect of it. And whatever happens, happens. I, I to be honest, I see that being the case with him. I don't well, see yeah. him. I don't see I mean? him making any jumps or anything like that to another management. I think his father is going to run pretty much the whole business you know, aspect of it. I don't never see lines, even if a big deal comes where it would double or triple the time, you know, the amount of revenue, I just don't see him leaving his father. I, I just don't. I'd be shocked, I'll put it like that, if he ever left his father to do business for himself. Well, I hope he hires a smart agent, unless his dad is representing him as his agent, because if his dad is representing him from his agent, he gonna throw out there some ridiculous requests and he, wow. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm, 
Um, don't get me wrong about what LeVar Ball is doing as a business. The business aspect of it to me, I think is, is a good idea. I mean, I'm, the business aspect of it, is, I think is smart. Don't get me wrong. It's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about all the other stuff that comes behind it. If he would really keep, again, if he kept private about it or he kept to himself, don't talk as much, don't bring him out as far as the entertainment value is concerned, right. that's one thing. You know what I'm saying? Because he's doing something that, to be honest, a lot of people, a lot of players is thinking to themselves, man, I wish I would have thought about that a while back. So I'm not knocking the business idea. I'm not knocking the business idea at all. I'm knocking how it's being presented. And that's what's making it worse. Because how it's being presented to me is is really, really, it's disappointing. It's disappointing as a fan. Because now I'm thinking of it as an entertainment value then instead of the actual business side of it, when it should be the focus is on the ball ball. I mean, Lonzo ball. Like, I mean, Nike became big because they finally signed Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan became very popular. And then Nike took off. I mean, it's no different than Big Baller brand wanted to be, you know, wanted to bring out a shoe. And then um, Lonzo would have just came out and said, well, you know what? I'm working on a concept sneaker here that, you know, me and my team are working on, and this is my sneaker. And if he became that player that everybody, you know, believes that he's going to turn into and becomes a phenom and a superstar, no different than how Nike took off, Big Ball of Rap would take off. It would have been done quietly, humbly, and it would have probably, you never know, Big Ball of Brand would then pick up another player, then you, you start having a team of the big baller players, and then next thing you know, you're branching off into football and baseball, doing all these different sort of things, and you're taking a small little concept sneaker that looks kind of cool, that, you know, I don't know if the common Joe would buy it right off the bat, but then nobody who sat there was really interested in Nike until Michael Jordan became popular because everybody was rocking Converse, everybody was rocking Adidas, everybody was rocking everything else but Nike. <laughs> I mean, people rock Nikes, but it wasn't as popular nor you know successful as it is before Michael Jordan. So he yeah, could have been about it a whole different way. But you know, he wanted to be brash and he wanted to be loud and he wanted to stick his check out like you know his chest out like a peacock, do all this sort of stuff, and you know, and just be that big bold dude saying, "This is who I am, and this is what we're going to do, and I know we're going to do this because it's going to work, and this, that, and the other." And if it fails, which as it stands right now, it's not going to fail because him selling 500 units, he 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 probably he he made a profit because he's not working with anybody other than the sweatshops that he's paying or whatever the 20 or 30 bucks that he's paying paid per or per sneaker. I mean, he wins even if he sold five. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. His pockets ain't gonna be as bad as he wants, but he wins. Yeah, no, like I said, the business aspect of it is is is, is okay. It's just mm-hmm. like I said, how it's being presented to me is just it's what kills it. And to be honest, if if it, if even, like you said, if we came up with a better presentation, who who the sky was the limit. So, right. You know, now it's on men memes. You know, saying holding with Lonzo Ball holding up his his sneaker, and they sound got a price tag for it from Marshalls on it. So like. <laughs> Forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. You, you don't you like that's what I'm trying to get people to like. You have to understand like this whole thing. I'm not alone in this. A lot of people are tired of Bar Bar Bar. 
And I'm pretty sure that with all these people that are saying what they're saying about it, it doesn't matter what Lonzo Ball does at this point in the NBA. He is right. not going to be able to, to stop this. Like, he's, if he doesn't do anything in this regard, it's not going to matter what his season is going to be in the NBA because it's going to be irrelevant from the, the big baller brand because nobody's going to care. Well, I know this much. If, if his son doesn't come out there and ball out, if his son don't go in there and start putting in work, Steph Curry-type work from day one, and he talk all that crap, and he turns out to be nothing more than some journeyman in the NBA, yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah. He better not say nothing with the other two kids he got coming up. You tried and you failed. Because <laughs> Because journeymen don't get their own sneaker. And journeymen damn sure ain't going to have no $500 sneaker. He may have a $25 sneaker. Hell, he may have uh, sneakers. He may put out some Starberry-type sneakers, you know, that are that are uh, economic, you know, economical for the working man that can sit there and buy it. And it still looks somewhat fashionable, but somewhat laughable at the same time. But the problem is, is that he's still not going to have the popularity that um, Starberry has um, as far as getting those sneakers. When Starberry, Starberry was, is, was, is, was, is the king of China. So yep. when he put those sneakers out, China already, that was already lit. You know what I'm saying? They was already lit, yeah, especially at that price. So Lonzo Ball has a lot of ground to make up to get to that point. And right now, he's not even in the NBA. He hasn't even played in the summer league yet. And yet, he's already got a, a hill to climb. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we'll see how that plays out. Um, again, I, I, I really hope <laughs> – I'll laugh if the Lakers don't pick him at number two, but that's neither here nor there. I really do hope that the Lakers do get him because it seems like it's a match made in heaven because – Magic Johnson seems like he wants Lonzo Ball. So I don't really see any other team really wanting to pick him up at this point because there everybody knows that he wants to go to L.A. So well, that's cool. Magic, well, I hope Magic you know, takes him underneath, uh, under his tutelage and, like, look, let me school you, like, school you here on some of this, uh, how this basketball thing works and try to emulate him to, you know, make him play a style of game that Magic played that made him so versatile and so successful during his heyday. That would be interesting because, to be honest, if anybody that could to bring Lonzo Ball to that next level was definitely Magic because um, they pretty much play similar styles. Um, so he could definitely bring it from that perspective and probably build a team around Lonzo. So I could see Magic turning it into Lonzo Ball's hands. Right. So, but we 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 gone way past <laughs> the time that allowed. So um, Ace, man. Thank you very much. So let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, AdrianCat1963. That's A-D-R-I-A-N-C-A-T-1963 on Twitter. All right. And, of course, you can find me at I am Alcrawls, I-A-M-A-L-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. And, of course, you can also check out Earl Ross. Um, on his on snap on Instagram and on Twitter as well at J E R O S S seven J E R O S S seven. 
Um, again, I'd like to thank you guys for checking out Guys Talking Sports. For all those that subscribe on the iTunes and Google Podcasts, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, and tell everybody, tell your friends, you know, to check us out as well. Um, definitely need, we'll catch you on the next time. And until next week, you guys, y'all take care. All right, man. Have a great week. See you in a week. All right.